clients paid him well. Holding it in place with tape, he pounded it loose and withdrew it. He gave the neatly cut geometric lozenge of glass to Metar, then reached into the gap, unlatched the window. It slid upward easily, quietly. Emil climbed through. As planned, he found himself in Callahan's study. He sat on a corner of the teak desk, watched Metar climb awkwardly through the window. They crossed the study to the door. Emil eased it open. He peered into the dark hallway and gestured for Metar to follow. In the foyer, Metar's rubber-soled shoes made squeaking sounds on the marble. Emil glanced sharply at his young partner. The man shrugged, crouched, removed his shoes. Emil flashed the beam of a small flashlight toward the front door. Next to it, on the wall, he found the speaker box and remote control button. He pushed the button. In the U-Haul van parked nearby, Steve Bailey squinted through a haze of cigarette smoke at the iron gate. It began to swing open. Very good. In ten minutes he would be done with this business. He would be away from the house and on the freeway to the airport. In a couple of hours or so he'd be with Carla. It was always best with her, right after a job, when he knew he was finally safe and the fear was gone and he had money, good money, in his pocket. His cock knew it was time to come out of hiding and celebrate. Easing his foot off the clutch, he rolled through the open gate. He steered up the driveway, swung left, and drove over the grass to the veranda. With a hissing sputter, the acetylene torch came alive. Emil watched his partner shoot its flame against the lock panel of the steel door. The metal bubbled and peeled back like the lips of a knife wound. Raising the goggle to his forehead, Emil stepped silently down the hall to the foyer. He squinted up the stairway. Perhaps he should go up and put a bullet into Callahan's head. Then he could go about his work untroubled by the man's presence. Murder, however, would increase official interest in the case. That was to be avoided, if possible. As long as the old man didn't interfere, Emil would allow him to live. The torch shut off. Sparks winked out. Emil returned to the door and helped Metar remove the severed lock panel. As he set it aside, Metar loaded the torch into the backpack and slung the straps onto his shoulders. Slowly, Emil pushed the door open. Robert Callahan, asleep in his upstairs room, heard the quiet drone of his alarm and dreamed of sirens. An ambulance was bearing down on a heap of torn cars. Sarah, lying in the road, raised her bloody head and cried for help. "'There she is!' shouted the ambulance driver. Robert, for some reason, dreaming that he was sitting in the passenger seat, said, "'Thank God she's alive!' "'We'll soon fix that,' said the driver. The ambulance sped toward her, lethal as a bullet. "'Stop! It's her due! No!' She stared with pleading eyes into the headlights, stared into the face of death. Robert felt the vehicle jolt as it struck her. Suddenly wide awake and panting with fear, he realized the siren was the burglar alarm amplifier by his bed. Someone had penetrated the collection room. 
Emil entered the room, Mitar at his side. Walking close to the wall, he shined his light on the statuettes of gold and ivory, on gold necklaces heavy with precious jewels, on scarabs and brooches and glistening rings. To see so many antiquities in a man's private collection disgusted him. If he had time, he would clean out the entire collection of this grave robber. But Emil had come only for Amara. The thin beam of his light found a stone vase, its lid decorated with the jackal head of the god Anubis. Beside it stood a similar container, this with the head of a hawk. His light fell swiftly across two more vases. These were the canopic jars holding the embalmed organs of Amara. Heart, lungs, kidneys. Her womb. He must take the jars tonight. Swinging his flashlight, he found the coffin.